welcome to the Urban Talk podcast, where we talk all things urban, demystify development, and break down the barriers between the development sector and local communities. I'm your host, Belinda Barnett. Today, I'm talking with Danielle Mecht. Danielle is a First Nations artist working in large-scale mural design and public art. Danielle is an Indigenous brand ambassador recognised by the Australian Government Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Welcome, Danielle. Thanks, Belinda. Danielle, we first met through a mutual colleague, Dean Boone. Um, Dean was just on our last podcast and we were all working on a fantastic project down in Menangle, the mm-hmm. Mount Taurus project. I really think that um, I guess my first understanding of what designing with country means really came from the work that you and Dean did together on that Mount Taurus project. I often find with um, when we sort of start talking about designing with country that it mystifies a lot of people. People really don't know where to start, um, how to start the process. Using the Mount Taurus project as an example, Can you lead us step by step through how your work progressed and how you became involved? And the process, yeah. And the process that you followed. Belinda, I think it's important just to note firstly that I haven't done too much um, designing with country, but definitely the Menangle project was a a beautiful example of how it can be done authentically. But initially, I suppose Dean reached out to me knowing my work as an artist and connection, I suppose, to that country, Dharawal country. So I immediately engaged Annie Glenda, who's an elder of that community and um, who I know and has amazing traditional knowledge of her family growing up in Menangle specifically, but yeah, on, on Dharawal country as a whole. So I engaged uh, Annie Glender and we had a chat. We had some consultation with Malfa, some, some nice casual meetings and went on site. Annie Glender was full of knowledge and stories and all of this was documented along the way, which was um, wonderful that Auntie Glender allowed that. I suppose my involvement was is more on a visual uh, level, so kind of being able to depict that history, the, the stories that Annie Glender spoke about, and then weave that, I suppose, with the current country and community and also thinking about the future as well, which, which is what I did in my work. Yeah, you produced the most beautiful artwork. Thank you. It's the most incredible, incredible artwork. I just, um, the detail and the colour, I I just think is absolutely extraordinary. If if anybody would like to see Danielle's artwork, it is actually up on the Molfa Menangle project listing um, on our Urban Talk website. And I would really encourage you to go and have a look at it. And there's a little bit more about um, the history of the project and, and the work that Danielle did. But I've got to say, I would love to have met Auntie Glenda and to have been involved with that project. Yeah, she's uh, an incredible woman with, yeah, like I said, amazing first-hand knowledge and, yeah, great family connections to Dharawal country. How do you think, speaking very broadly, how can we sort of through design and, and with new development get a closer association between the elders of the land mm-hmm and these new projects and existing communities. Is it possible to, to get a greater integration? I think it's, um, it's going to be different for every space, really. I, I think um, you have some really strong elders in some communities and not so in others. And, you know, I think just ensuring that you make connection with the elders, the right people from get-go, will help with, yeah, making that strong. Because I'm sure that there are many members of the Menangle community that have no idea about the stories that pertain to that parcel of yeah, land, yeah, and which, and the broader Menangle sort of area, yeah, which is which is what 
Malfa's doing is mm. what makes it so beautiful and so important, I suppose, for generations to come, really, if they can document and share that within community. So many people are going to benefit from it, you know, not just the land by following these best practices. It's the community as a whole will will benefit and learn and be more enriched by it. Oh, absolutely. I guess the desire, what we're seeing at the moment is the desire to incorporate Aboriginal culture into the New South Wales planning system is really gaining momentum. A lot of work has been done by the Office of the Government Architect and also from the Landscape Architect Institute is doing some work in that area. And it's a really welcome progression. Designing with country is a term that is more frequently being spoken about. As an Aboriginal person who cares for the country and as an Indigenous artist, what does it mean to you? Uh, look, and, and like I said before, Belinda, designing with countries is is new and it's definitely progressing and it's and everyone's gaining more experience and understanding about how to do it as we go along. But for me, it's about primarily and, and simply, it's about respecting the land, understanding the stories of the land, how it was used, how it was cared for, learning all of this before kind of the built environment starts. Yeah, I think that's how I'd describe it. I guess traditionally Western culture has imposed, a, I guess, an entirely human-centred approach to design, sort of driven by design to control, I guess, and regulate the land. Why is designing with country important? So I think if you take notice of the natural environment and Aboriginal people have lived off the land for thousands and thousands of years, if we listen to that knowledge and build based on what we already know works, I think it's just going to be more sustainable for the environment. It's, you know, you're taking notice of vegetation that that exists in that area, the, the way the water falls, you know, when there's rain, it's the whole burning off. There's so much to be learned, I think, by traditional practices. And I think starting at the very beginning of a, of a build can really, I don't know how to say it, like really enhance the outcomes. And, you know, I suppose it's it's paying respect to the country, but it's it's listening to the country. It's designing around what you already know is is great and what works and how Mother Nature exists there already. Yeah. And how the seasons, you know, interact with that space be a really exciting challenge, I think, to look at deriving a set of planning controls for a site in a completely different way to how they're normally pulled together and drawing from that knowledge. Yeah. It would be such an interesting exercise to just throw out our, our past thinking and be able just to explore a completely new approach to development that is entirely based on designing with country. Yeah, I think if, if it's incorporated early, yeah. I, I think it's, it's only going to enhance what's envisaged for the space. But you can't bring it in after, well, you know, there, there's a certain limit, I suppose, to bringing it in afterwards. But yeah, if that became normal practice, yeah. that would be beautiful. I guess, that, again, looking at the Western experience of land, it's one of property that's built upon, that's owned, it's sold. It has a set monetary value that's always assigned to it. What does country mean to you? Country is, um, look, I think it's almost one of the m most beautiful words ever. I think it means something different to, to every First Nations people. But for me, when I hear that word, I think about taking my shoes off and putting my feet on the ground and it's kind of an energy or a, or a vibration. It, it definitely makes me think of where I'm from, where I've come from, where I'll go back to. Um, it's a very spiritual kind of word. I suppose I connect with it in a very spiritual way. I can see that you're tearing up. Don't. <laughs> no, which is no, really, I'm not. No, it's a really beautiful thing. <laughs> no, it's a really it's, lovely thing. It's very layered. I think it's very layered for, for, for um, people and very different for different people, yeah. 
How do we um, communicate that meaning of country to non-First Nations people, do you think? I think there are non-First Nations people that have a connection to country. I have no doubt there are people that experience it in, you know, how I describe it as a kind of a spiritual level, I suppose. I, I really think it's something that you have or you don't have. I feel like it's really embedded in, in your whole being and you're born with it or not. That's, I think. But that's also my perspective of country and how I connect with country. And, and it is different. It's different for everyone. Do you think we just need to talk about it more? Yeah. Well, look, it's a word that obviously has very different meaning for very for, for everyone. So a developer that's talking about countries, looking at lots and dirt and trees, maybe, and First Nations person sees a very deeper level to that. I think Aboriginal people are very private people. I think knowledge sharing and, you know, the traditional ways of of sitting in circle and, and sharing is a very private way of doing things. I, I can see it with my own mum, how private she is and guarded about things she is and um, sometimes I'll mention something spiritual or something I may have seen and all of a sudden she she speaks up and I just think, I never knew. I never knew that story. I never knew that about you. I never knew you had that connection. Yeah, I think that and that's probably why I find it so hard to speak about my connection to the word country and what it means to me and because it's it's, you know, it's really deep. Thank you so much for sharing. That's okay. From your perspective. How do we ensure that designing with country doesn't just become a tokenistic exercise, a tick box on a DA checklist? How do we make this meaningful? Look, I don't know how you, you actually ensure that, but I, but I think the, the further we get along on this journey, it will become more and more authentic and more and more a part of the process for people. But certainly there are, there are people that are really frightened of the process and that's completely natural, but I think need to ensure that it happens early, that it's not an afterthought, number one, because that's definitely a, a ticker box, I feel. Yeah, making those engagements and connections with um, community and elders from, from the beginning, I think, is, is the first step to ensuring that it's authentic. Do you see that designing with country is something that happens only once? at the beginning of a project? Is it something that is then ongoing throughout the life of a project? Be. Yeah, I think it should be. Absolutely. I think Molfa is a beautiful example of watch. Molfa make connection and make genuine relationships with people in Dharawal community in, in regards to their project. And I would absolutely see that those relationships will, and connections will continue throughout. And I think that, yeah, makes it more authentic. Do you think there's a fear, I don't know, I'm trying to think from a developer's perspective that say First Nations people won't be receptive to the development of their land, that by starting on the journey, going down this process, you know, they, they might be set of setting themselves up for a no development scenario? Yeah, I think there, there definitely is a fear. And I think that's probably what hinders a lot of developers, you know, taking this this approach. But there's there's many examples where it's been a really positive outcome. So, you know, I hear, I, I do art workshops and I often hear people say, I've got something I want to ask, but I'm not sure how to say it. Like, I don't want to offend you. And I, I don't mean anything bad by this, Danielle, but can I just ask it? I'm like, just ask, you know, I think we need to be realistic that developers are coming from the approach that's being respectful. And, and they need to acknowledge that as well. It's if you've got a question to ask, you're never going to get an answer to it unless you you ask it. And as long as it's coming from a respectful place, then that's exactly what we want. That's that's this journey that's going to that's reconciliation. It's yeah, yeah it's learning. 
Do you think um, the government is doing enough to facilitate and encourage designing with country? Yeah, this is a really hard one for me to speak <laughs> to because I, I, I'm not really sure. I suppose it, at that end of the process is not really where I'm involved. But um, in saying that, I, I don't know. So that's that's an important note in itself Self. that, yeah, I often will say I'm just the artist. But yeah, maybe maybe I should be more aware of what government are doing. So government may be doing things, but it's it's not being shared enough, you don't think, with the, yeah, the broader maybe. First Nations community? Yeah, and it doesn't come down the line of, you know, from developer down to public artists. Yeah, maybe that's where it's lost. Let's talk about you, your role as an Indigenous artist. <laughs> You've just had the most amazing trip to India. Did, yes. 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 Can you tell us a little bit about that trip and what your role was? Yeah. So I was invited to go to India for various events as a, a cultural First Nations cultural brand ambassador. I suppose my role there... It, for me, it became really evident once we were there. Um, there was there was certainly no First Nations presence, and the event was about business relations between India and Australia. So it was lovely to be able to add that First Nations component to the events, the programs, the yeah, the panel discussions and things like that was definitely missing. And yeah, I think it was a really overdue role. And I believe you discovered some great, I guess, a, a, a different sort of a commonality between the Indigenous yeah. people, communities of India yeah. and here in Australia. Definitely. I think specifically art-related, I suppose, uh, saw lots of similarities with the design and I suppose the story behind Gond art in India is very similar to Australia and pays a lot of respect to, to the land and representing country. So, yeah, and even specific style, there was similarities. You know, sometimes I did a double take wondering if it was, yeah, First Nations work. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah, isn't it? It's beautiful. <laughs> as an as an artist that creates public works, do you think there's more to public art than just making cities look nicer? Yeah, look, I think that's um that is a really important part of public art, so I think personally, but there's definitely more to public works than meets the eye, particularly if a piece is created uh, site specific, I think a lot of artists, particularly First Nations, will uh, tell story about that local area or people or, or, yeah, the country. So there's a lot more to be said about public art other than it being pretty. And I think, you know, the work that I created for Molfa was, is, a, is a good example of that. Like it tells the story from traditional perspectives from Ani Glenda to what the country is, is now and, and what the um, visions are for it for the future. So it's all kind of uh, layered there a bit, like it's kind of woven within each other. But, yeah, I think... You should definitely stop and think about what the story or the significance of the public art piece is to that area. I think you'll find that it's more than just beautifying a space. Yes. And are there more creative ways that you think art could be used in public spaces? Look, I think it's already been done, but I really love a public artwork that's interactive. I love seeing the people in the public space using the work or, you know, counting. So, for instance, I painted a whale tail, which was part of the whale tail project, and it was a, a precinct activation along the, the foreshore of Sydney Harbour. And I think there was about 30 tails that were painted. <laughs> um, they each had a, you know, a barcode. It was um, kind of a walking track and there were prizes and to watch the public could run along to the next whale tail and scan it and get a photo with it and got people active within yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Sydney and um, using the venues, using the restaurants. Yeah, so those kinds of ideas I think are really cool. 
Are there some other examples of your work that you'd like to share that you're particularly proud of? <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> I know you can be shy. Um, look, I'm I'm often quite forgetful about what I've done. It's <laughs> I, I do do a lot, but I love, um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of community participation. So if I'm painting a mural live, I really love chatting to, to people on site and, you know, sometimes getting them involved in it. I think what sticks in mind is the mural I did at Hurstville Westfield. The community there were just beautiful and I had so many conversations with people. They'd come back, they'd bring me coffee and, <laughs> you know, but it, but that interaction was such an important part of my process. Yeah. So another really innovative approach to designing a product was works I did with Interface, who were a global commercial carpet company. And they had a, an amazing idea to work on a new range utilising designs created by young people on country. So we travelled to Menindi, Cabbage Tree Island. We did Freshwater was in Durable Country. We did, forgetting one, but we travelled to different country and I did workshops with the young people in these schools. We went out on country and they created ideas and concepts and um, textures, colours. They had to think about what country meant to them or what home meant to them. And what we got back from those workshops from each of those communities was then designed into a, a, a new product range upon no, I can't even tell you what the final title of the piece, is, the piece was. But I suppose what was so beautiful, obviously, was the engagement with young people. It was getting out on country. It was hearing stories. We had elders involved. And now these young people can see an actual physical product range that is actually going to be launched globally this year in a couple of months' time. So it's really empowering kind of yeah, yeah process for young people. Uh, well, for everyone that was involved, yeah, beautiful to see the outcomes. What I love about that example is, I guess, how you were able to get the young people involved in the process. I feel you know, we run a lot of community consultation and one of the problems or the difficulties that we have is actually getting young people involved in consultation about new developments, which is such a pity because very often the developments that we're talking about are really going to have an important impact on them. On them. Yeah. And they just don't seem to be wanting to get engaged. And maybe it's that's hard for them to to engage in um, you know, visions of the future and mm. and how that's even going to impact them as an adult and you know, how do, how, do, how do they process that? But I think what Interface did was was at their level, was the, the here and now, what does country mean to you? What does your home mean to you? What yeah. does it smell like? What does it look like? What colour represents it? You know, what texture represents it? What's the most important thing about home to you? And maybe that's how they start is is thinking about the now and how young people think like yeah, absolutely. the here and now and, and then, you know, proposing that, okay, well, things are going to change. Um, how would you like to see them change? You know, because things will progress and these are our visions for this space. How does that sit with you? Well, you know, what are your feedback on that? Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I think the other the other real opportunity is that I feel that young people are most probably more open to change. They're not as yep. set yep. in their ways. Their thinking hasn't been as regimented and defined for them. It could also be that designing with country is actually the nexus to actually involve young people yeah, in the actual consultation process that informs new development. Makes absolute sense, doesn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, yeah. And we, we might be onto something with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark that one. <laughs> 
you've shared some of your examples of the work that you love, that you've been involved with. What about public artworks that have been done by others? Because oh, any that stand out? They all do. I mean, the moment you say that. It's you know, an my, unfair question. My, my <laughs> mind is just, yeah, shuffling through lots of graffiti works. And, you know, I've probably started to have an appreciation for sculptural works more recently, but I love a mural. I love a wall. A wall <laughs> any, anything, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's so exciting and inspiring to, to walk around a corner and see, you know, a drab brick wall brought to life. Ah, totally transformed. Yeah. Is there a wall that you're eyeing off? Oh, there's always, yeah, there's always blank spaces where you go, oh, that could do with a lick of paint. But um, nothing specific. Look, I've got, well, there is one actually. There's a massive construction that's just happened in Demerick Street in Campbelltown. And yeah, it's very, very dull and it is the tallest building there at the moment. And unfortunately, it hasn't, I would assume, it hasn't been thought through in terms of what that space, what that canvas could be could. looking like. So, um, sounds like an approach Daniel needs to make. <laughs> I'm sure it'll, um, someone will get onto it. Oh, well, thank you so much, Danielle, for, for joining me today on the podcast. I've, I've really loved talking with you. Thanks for having me, Belinda. You've broadened my understanding of designing with country. And I know that the insights that you've provided will help our listeners and um, hopefully demystify the process yeah. for them so that we can approach and get going with designing Keep with country yep, yeah, yep. with much more gusto. I wish you a continued success with your artistic endeavours. Thank you. And look forward to seeing much more of your work. Thanks. Thanks for having me. During the year, we'll continue to invite guests to speak on a variety of topics. If you have a topic that you would like to hear about, please send it through via the Urban Talk website or email me directly at belinda at urbantalk.com.au. For updates on Urban Talk, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. My name is Belinda Barnett and thank you for listening to the Urban Talk podcast. Thank you.